Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome to this Wednesday, January 11th edition of the Eagle Hour on the Telesouth. Oh, that's right. We don't call it Tele. It's not Telesouth anymore. Super Talk Mississippi Media. Super Talk Mississippi Media Network of Stations. Thank you for that correction. Kelly Sander along with Michael Mergens and Ben Milam for the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson on sabbatical. We'll be back on Monday. Bob Getty. The man who really drives this show, he's on vacation. He'll be back Monday as well. To come on the program today, we're going to be talking with Steve Cotton, the longtime voice of the Marshall Thundering Herd, as the Golden Eagles head to Huntington to take on the Thundering Herd and Sunbelt basketball action tomorrow night. He'll join us in our second segment. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation in our third segment. He always has his ear to the ground as to what's going on sports-wise at Southern Miss. We'll get him to fill a few blanks in for us. Then we'll be talking about the New Orleans Saints schedule for next year. Don't know the dates yet, but we do know who the Saints will play at home, who they will play on the road. And the Massey ratings, baseball ratings are out for the year. So we've got a lot of fun planned. First segment brought to you by our friends from Dickie's Barbecue Pit as the Super Bowl is right around the corner. And we might have another official Super Bowl this year. The official Super Bowls are ones that have the Bengals in them. Right. So I just want to clarify <clears throat> That's that. That's good to know. You know Something to look forward to. And that and 85, right? <laughs> it was one last year. Can we throw 85 in there? As oh, with the Bears were in there. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll give you that, that other We've one. had a few. Yeah, just a few official Super Bowls. But um, you want to be able to party and not have to worry about uh, food for everybody coming over. So let Dickie's handle that. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics and this program. Pity the plight of the Golden Eagle basketball team coached by Jay Ladner. Now, if you have been living in a cave, you didn't know or haven't heard that the Federal Aviation Administration system of airline flights across this country were at a standstill when the computer system ran, ran amok and there was no air travel for two or three hours. They lifted it at about 9.30 or so this morning so planes are in the air again, but it has wreaked havoc with over a thousand commercial flights canceled. Remember, this is on the heels of the Southwest Airline debacle. Where I'm going with this is let's tell you what the Southern Miss basketball team has been up to. They left for the trip for Marshall. They left Hattiesburg last night to go to New Orleans, spent the night in New Orleans fully expecting 
that they would get to the airport this morning and get on a plane at 7 o'clock that would take them to Washington, D.C., and then on over to Huntington or the West Virginia area. Then the FAA thing happens. Real long story short, Southern Miss fans, your Golden Eagle basketball team has been in the New Orleans airport since 7 o'clock this morning trying to get out. It will be at least 3.30 this afternoon, we are told, if all goes well from here on out. Mm -hmm. That's no guarantee that they will get from New Orleans to Washington, D.C., and then you don't know what might happen after that as they try to continue over to Huntington. They had a shoot-around scheduled tonight at Marshall. They had a shoot-around scheduled for tomorrow morning as well. The shoot-around tonight obviously looks like it will be nixed. Uh, Shoot-around tomorrow morning. The fact that the game has been moved to 8 o'clock tomorrow night our time, which is 9 o'clock Huntington time so that it can be on one of the, the big boy channels on ESPN, that's good news for the Eagles. But bad news on the other side of that, Ben, is it then cuts into their travel time getting from Huntington over to Jonesboro to play Arkansas State on Saturday. And will the airline situation have cleaned itself up by then? And what debacle the Eagles might be in after the game, win, lose, or draw tomorrow night? Now, I hate to beat this dead horse, and I'm going to bring you into this conversation in a minute, but to... Remind everybody of last year when mm-hmm. the Eagles were in Crap Prince USA. They went to UTSA, flew commercially. Then, because of whatever the problems were that time with air travel, if you will recall, fans, they had to ultimately rent buses in San Antonio and drive all the way to El Paso, Texas. You know, if you've ever driven the state of Texas, It goes on Mm -hmm. and on and on. It is a big state. And, of course, the Eagles did not perform well. Duh. Sure. All right, Ben. So here we go. Eagles are still at the airport (sighs) waiting on this mess to get straightened out. Well, and I think probably the main concern is just getting to Huntington at some point before the basketball game. And they don't let you practice in the airport, so I've been told. But that's the other thing is you touched on it, that – Depending on when they get in, I mean, they had a, a shoot-around scheduled for later tonight and a shoot-around scheduled for the morning. You might not even make that morning shoot-around. Obviously, the hope is is that you do make it there in time. And then you're just you're sort of scrambling, and it throws you out of, out of whack in, in terms of uh, your preparation for the coaching staff. And uh, obviously, on the player side of things, you have a certain way – that you go about your game days on the road and at home, and they've sort of gotten their feet wet. They've gotten their feet under them a little bit in terms of being on the road last week. But obviously, they were on a bus last week, and this is a, this is a little bit of a different beast. And like you said, this is not the first time this has happened. And you know, we one of the the benefits of being in this new conference was that you would be able to take more bus trips. But just it's inevitable being in a Division One conference, you're going to have to take a few flights here and there. And for it for this to be uh, this deal with the FAA to happen this morning when the Golden Eagles were trying to get out of there, and they actually moved their travel plans were, were um, a little later scheduled, and they actually moved it up to go to New Orleans last night. So they had some change of plans already and now to throw this mess in there i mean it's 
it was already going to be a really tough game. And now to throw all of this in there, I mean, it's it's uh, again, the concern is to get there in the first place. But it, that's it's going to be a heck of a way to just walk off the plane and go play basketball. I will appreciate Steve Cotton's insight. He's the longtime radio guy for Marshall. He's going to join us in the next next segment. I'm sure the people in Marshall are, they would never publicly say it, but probably yeah. going, oh, wow, gee, I hate that. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. That Southern Miss is having these problems. But the logical next question then becomes, mm-hmm. well, what's the alternative? And it was mentioned a couple of weeks on the program by one of our radio friends in the conference that some of the schools have the money to charter they're athletes. Yeah. So, hypothetically, the Southern Miss guys wouldn't have to go to New Orleans. They could go to Pine Belt Regional between Hattiesburg and Laurel, get on their charter, fly directly to Huntington. Uh, yes, the, they would still be involved with the FAA problems, right. but they would have never had to have gone to New Orleans. They would not have to be sitting in an airport. Yeah, it, would be, it wouldn't be this backlog of flights you had to get out before you. And, right. and you could be sitting at campus uh-huh. studying yeah. or in your room or whatever, uh, but it all comes down to money. Okay, Doesn't it always? It does. Seemingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be able to charter these flights would take you know, a lot more money. So Eagle fans, you know, if more season tickets, here's, here's the old snowball, sure. yeah. right? More season tickets, more money to the Hardwood Club, more money to the Eagle Club, then I'm sure they would love to be in a situation where they could charter their athletes, all of them. Yeah, and, you know, again, this it's sort of just a, an issue of being snake bit. I mean, 99% of the time, this would have worked out fine, and, and you, would have, you would have comfortably gotten there, you would have gotten your two shooter rounds in, you would have been able to go through the plan per usual being on the road and so i think it's yeah obviously you would like to be able to charter to every game of of that distance but it it just sort of fell this way and it's just an unfortunate unfolding of circumstances and again the concern after you get to huntington is getting to jonesboro on time because they have two connecting flights that they have to make on that trip and as well as a bus trip in the between there and jonesboro is not exactly chicago or la no it's not as in hattiesburg we aren't either so jonesboro is a little bit off the beaten path so it is going to be uh, problematic we we thought that this four game road trip was going to be tough to begin with but because of the competition not because of travel entanglements mm-hmm. and if you're jay ladner you almost have to be thinking what have i done because <laughs> travel wise i've never seen a group of people more snake bit yeah. than the golden eagle basketball team year in and year out yeah I, yeah you're spot on especially these last two or three years and you know we, we talked about earlier this week that we were going to learn something about this basketball team especially on this the second portion of this four game road swing We're going to learn a lot about the mental fortitude of the Golden Eagles on Thursday night after all this stuff. Because it is going to be tough as it is because one of the top teams in the preseason polls, the projections, had Marshall at or very near the top. So we'll get the thundering herd perspective on this mess with Steve Cotton, the radio voice of the Marshall Thundering Herd. He will join us on the other side of the commercial break. This Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour continues in a moment.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Online, Campus Bookmart. That's with a T. CampusBookmart.net. Your place, your one-stop shop for everything Southern Miss, whether it's uh, apparel, getting ready for the baseball season coming up. You can still get your Lending Tree Bowl championship T-shirts or anything else in the giftware uh, idea along those lines. You can find it at Campus Bookmark. The bright yellow building, look, you really can't miss it. Uh, it's right across the campus from Southern Miss, and I'm talking bright yellow building well we talked about the travel woes of the golden eagle basketball team in the first segment as they try to make their way to huntington for a nationally televised game with the marshall thundering herd tomorrow night it'll be interesting to get the herd's perspective joining us now on the line is steve cotton the 27 year voice of the thundering herd steve as we welcome you and and i i believe you 100 percent that you guys are agonizing over this as you know the eagles travel woes as you guys have been there before at different times. It's just it's just really tough, isn't it? It is one of those deals where when you are the home team and the other guys are struggling in their travel, and you're right, we've all been there time and time again. If you do this job for any length of time, you uh, on one hand you're saying, okay, that gives us maybe a competitive advantage. But you also have the empathy of, oh, my goodness, that there is nothing worse than sitting in a, an airport. And, you know, coaches are in control of things. People do what they say, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to get that plane from here to there the way you want to. So that's a, a tough deal, and nobody likes to see it. Again, you, you think – all right, well, if it gives us an advantage, we'll take it, but you feel awful about it. Yeah, so the Eagles still sitting in the airport in New Orleans hoping to be on their way toward Washington, D.C. about 3.30 or so this afternoon and ultimately to Charleston and then bus on into to Huntington. Going into the season, Steve, the, the powers that be, and I put air quotes around that, were really, really thought highly of the Thundering Herd basketball team. Were you surprised by those prognostications? And if you think they were warranted, why? Well, we had a, uh, a decent idea on a couple of guys, like Tavion Kinsey, league's leading scorer, has been there and done that. Andrew Taylor, the same sort of thing. What we did not know about this year's Thundering Herd was the impact of the freshmen. And first and foremost there is one-inch Micah Hand-Logton, who, Kelly, I first heard his name mentioned about a year ago. You get into the recruiting process, and they said, yeah, we've got a, there's a tall kid, really athletic, but a total project down around Charlotte. And But we have a spot we can stash him. No doubt he will redshirt a year, and it might even be a year or two after that before he develops and becomes a real contributor. And, okay, that sounds good. A lot of people try to develop a big man. He and the other freshmen showed up this summer, and not that I go sit through every practice, every workout they do, but I stick my nose in there from time to time. And after a couple of weeks, I went to one of the Marshall assistant coaches and said, he is a definite red shirt. And they said, oh, no, plans have changed. And he just keeps picking up things so quickly and developing. He gets better week by week by week to the point that uh, not only 
was he not redshirted? He was a starter in game one and has started every game. And Saturday had 19 points and 19 rebounds against Coastal Carolina. It is something to watch uh, that sort of a surprise come along. And like you say, he's helped uh, Marshall to keep its uh, head up there. Not quite as high as Southern Miss in the net rankings, but uh, right there among the best in the Sun Belt Conference. 19 rebounds. That certainly is remarkable. Steve, I'd like you to welcome Ben Milam, uh, who's the newest broadcast member here on the Eagle Hour. Ben, get in here with uh, the voice of the herd. Hey, Steve, I'm glad you brought up Ben Lockton there because he's you mentioned the 19 points, 19 rebounds, his sixth double-double of the season, which I believe last time I checked is, is tied for the highest – number of double-doubles for freshmen in the country. So he's been one of the best freshmen in all of America. What specifically has he done well to earn this spot and be so successful? Well, earning the spot comes because of his athleticism. You cannot be a slow, plotting kind of player and work well in the Dan D'Antoni system. It is mm-hmm. up and down the floor. It is open court. There's not going to be a seven-footer who parks down – in the lane and doesn't move. That just does not fit this system. So the fact that he runs like a guard gave him a chance. That's the first thing everybody noticed. And they early in the process, I think, thought, okay, even if we don't get a whole lot in terms of production, you've got somebody who runs the floor. He's going to be back on defense as a rim protector, if nothing else. On offense, he can get some offensive rebounds just because he is – Seven one and has a long, a large wingspan and gets some putbacks. And so that's what made them think, okay, he's not going to redshirt. He can help this team. But he feels the game so well. He is very smart, just a, a wily player, understands the entire offense, who's going to be there, where, when something happens. And so he, uh, I think, caught people by surprise early that he's a pretty good passer. And he uh, will block a shot on one end and run the floor and is ready to uh, catch a pass and dunk on the other. So that's been uh, kind of fun to watch. He's also, I think it is, I've not looked today, I guess, but I believe he's fourth in the nation in rebounding, at least he was yesterday. And the guys ahead of him are like Sheboy at Kentucky and Edie, the 7'4 guy at Purdue. And uh, I think there's a guy at St. John's. But, and they are a couple of rebounds ahead of him per game average, but rebounds per minute, he is quite a bit above all of them. I didn't go deeper to see if there's somebody who has fewer rebounds but plays even less per game than Han Logton. But rebounds per minute among the national leaders, among those big names that everybody knows about, he gets more of them than they do. Boy, is, is there anything they don't keep stats on now? Rebounds per minute, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, I went and did that math myself. Oh, okay. All right, so, uh, a caveat there, double-check my math. Yeah, I'm but, a journalism major. Yeah, but you're probably also old math. The new math, it's probably all done completely different, and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve, you look at these two losses sandwiched around the, the two wins in conference play uh, for Marshall, two single-digit losses, and I think that probably – I mean, we've seen so many of those type games this year, and that also you can point to the two and two record. If you're just looking at the record sheet, you say, okay, well, maybe Marshall's not as good as they were supposed to be, but obviously single digit losses, those could have gone either way. In your first year calling games in this Sun Belt, talk about 
the style of play. We've talked a lot about physical basketball, kind of knock down, drag them out type games. What have, what have you noticed from your perspective in the difference in Conference USA and Sunbelt basketball? Well, I think you're right about that. I, and again, this is an early impression, having uh, just seen a, a couple of these uh, new opponents so far. But the, uh, there is every bit as much athleticism, I think, in the Sun Belt, and maybe even more so among the big men that we've run into thus far. But all in all, I think the leagues are fairly comparable. And given the fact that uh, some of the better teams in the Sun Belt seem to be the three Conference USA newcomers, along with James Madison, I think the Sun Belt, and especially basketball, got a pretty good deal league-wide about uh, all of these more recent changes. Yeah, and you were talking about big guys that, with athleticism. The Thundering Herd will see one tomorrow night in Southern Miss's Felipe Hase. He has been uh, quite dynamic and a, and a game-changer for Southern Miss this year. Yes, and also kind of game-by-game, game, but this is one of the uh, benchmark games we know because of what Hase has done and the fact that he's a veteran, he's been through the grind even of the SEC, and that is uh, Marshall fans are going to be watching that matchup very closely to see just exactly kind of a benchmark of where Hand Logton is, where we think he is, or that you might end up with a dose of reality against a player like Hase. Well, you talk about the veteran experience there for Hase and you can look on the other side and see who you mentioned Tavion Kinsey who is who has been and will go down as one of the best scorers in Marshall history for Southern Miss fans uh, might remember him a little bit from some of those previous matchups but uh, for those who don't refresh us what what does he do so well that's hard to slow him down the offensive end well Tavion 6'5 and a superlative athlete he is one of those uh, slam dunk highlight reel kind of guys he has an, a mid-range game that not everybody has anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's got uh, at the elbows and, uh, and then keep your eye on inbounds plays, kind of baseline. He climbs the elevator. His elevator goes up a floor above everybody else's. And then that smooth 12 to 15-foot shot. And it's almost impossible to defend just because of how high he jumps. And he's developed that touch. And so that, uh, and along with his ability to drive and fly and dunk, really makes him a fun player to watch. And a little bit unusual. You don't run into that kind of guy in that mid-range game every game. Well, Steve, I know we're looking forward to a great, great game. Hopefully the Eagles will play, that both teams will play as, as good as they can tomorrow night and we'll leave it on the floor hopefully the eagles get there yeah let's first things first <laughs> yeah. right it wouldn't be much of a game if they don't if they don't show up uh, steve cotton well, and we hope we put on a good show for the national audience i'm sure you will that's an eight o'clock start uh, tomorrow night on espn southern miss at marshall we've been talking with 27 year voice of the thundering herd steve cotton steve thanks continued success all right guys thank you we're heath, looking forward to it heath hinton from big gold nation joins us next Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This third segment, 
Brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Look, if you want to watch the basketball game tomorrow night when the Eagles go to Marshall, you want to watch it with a bunch of Southern Miss fans that are going to scream and yell when good things happen, blame the officials when things don't happen. Pretty much people like yourself, uh-huh. right? And enjoy a nice, cool beverage. 4th Street Bar and Grill is the place to go. Darts, pool tables, a lot of people. Again, you're going to know everybody there. Everybody there is a Southern Miss fan. 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of that nine ninety nine blue plate lunch Monday through Friday. Proud to be a supporter of Southern Miss Athletics, and we're proud that they are a sponsor of this program. Joining us now from the Southern Bancor Studios, along with Kelly Sander, Ben Milam, and producer-engineer Michael Mergens, is a guy that we call our own, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Heath, as we welcome you, this coming Sunday will be the last day that college athletes can enter the transfer portal, essentially listing their talents uh, up for grabs. So with that, on Sunday, being closing, what are some things that you've got your ear to the ground at Southern Miss? What are some things you think may happen or some things to keep an eye on at least? I think Southern, when you look at the team, you're speaking to people. I think maybe they're looking at maybe a running back. If they can find a running back, they might pull the trigger there. I think they're done with quarterback. I think they're happy with what they got at quarterback. I mean, uh, still got a bunch of guys that go through spring. Everybody will be here for the spring. So I think they're happy with what they have in the quarterback room. Uh, defensive line, offensive line, it's going to be a situation where it would have to be somebody that really fit uh, with the program. Same with linebackers and DBs. They'll keep their eye out, but they got to be a really big fit. Uh, a lot of things with these transfers, uh, it's not the talent. And don't get me wrong, talent matters, but it's you know what their what coaches that they've coached have coached them what their teammates have said what other people have played with them in the past it's more about the fit with the team how do they fit with the team and, uh, a and, lot of times guys are in the portal not because you know they're not good players it's because they have a hard time you know being a good teammate if there is so anything that's a huge deal if there is any doubt that this football program has improved in the past 2 years under Will Hall and company Remember two years ago, Heath, when you were on this program, we were talking that it was almost, it would almost, you'd almost just have to have a pulse in mm-hmm. order to be able to be eligible to get a scholarship for the Southern Miss football program. They, they were looking for anybody and everybody. Yeah. And now with what he just said, Ben, it's not just anybody. has to be the right fit. Right. Come a long way. Right, yeah. And, and as you guys have talked about, I mean, you look back as, as Hall was coming in, you were so short-handed scholarship-wise. You were just, like you said, getting anybody that would come. You were just trying to fill the locker room, basically. And now you're afforded the luxury of, of being picky. And Heath, as, as we understand it, you look at these numbers, if you could give us some specifics there of the spaces that they'll have left. Because you can still add, after this deadline, of course, and, and into and through the spring. So what, what's the picture like number-wise uh, that the coaching staff is looking at having left as we move towards spring practice? It's such a fluid thing. The numbers are fluid. If you have a guy that decides to get in the portal, you can replace him. I mean, the numbers are fluid. Somewhere between five and seven maybe right now if they wanted to, they might can hold off till next year and use those in recruiting uh, cycle next year. Uh, I mean, it's it's such a fluid – that's what makes this transfer portal so fascinating is because the numbers are fluid. Used to in the past, you could say, all right, you've got, 20, you've got 21 guys committed, you got 24 scholarships to give, okay, you got three left. 
well, that's not the case anymore because you might have 30 spots open, and but you might want to save those for incoming freshmen next year because I, I do believe this. I think the 2024 recruiting cycle, the, the Mississippi recruiting class in 2024 might be one of the best we've seen in the past 15, 20 years. Hmm. I really do believe that. There's so much talent in the high school level uh, next year in Mississippi that they may want to hold off and get some of those guys because there's going to be plenty of guys in Mississippi that are going to be FBS ready. And that may be an option they're looking at because the numbers, they're there, um, 82, 83. I think think they're about where they want to be, maybe add one or two, but I don't think they're going to add any more of that. If they had to, they could add five, six, but I don't think they're going to do that. But it's hard to – nail it down because the numbers are so fluid. All right, Heath Hinton, you said you think that they're happy with, the coaches are happy with who they have in the quarterback room. Does If you had to do a depth chart today going into spring, is it reasonable that Zach Wilkie, just based on experience, just for the sake of argument, would be QB1 going into spring drills? I, I guess because he started games last year, yeah, but I think it's wide open. I don't think they... That's was once again they're going in the spring with a wide open quarterback position. You got a bunch of guys coming in, uh, very talented couple of freshman quarterbacks coming in. You got two transfers, Wilkie. I, yeah, for the sake of argument, you can say Wilkie's number one, but I think he's not set. I think it's going to be an open battle, and I think we're going to find out after spring who's going to have a place in the offense and who is. This whole subject has been a pinata to me, Ben Milam, because. You got to have a quarterback. Yeah, I don't care if you're playing junior high, pee wee, pop Warner, whatever. You, this has got to be solidified if the Eagles are going to make another big step. Well, and I, and I think that's indicative. Do, do you agree? A hundred percent. And okay. I think that's indicative of the way that they approached this specifically transfer portal class because you go and get you go get two portal guys who you feel like can compete for the starting job and like Heath mentioned you have two high school guys coming in who you feel or the coaching staff is very high on them you feel like they will if not next year be able to eventually compete for the starting job and you throw in Zach Wilkie and the other three guys in the in the quarterback room even without the two guys that that entered the portal I mean the the cupboard is full to say the least and we'll, and spring training this year is earlier than it has been in the past. So we'll uh, certainly keep you uh, up to date on that. Nobody keeps you up to date quite as good as they do at Big Gold Nation. And, uh, and Heath, Ben actually, full disclosure, Ben actually writes for you guys at Big Gold. Yeah, Ben covers basketball, does uh, basketball reports for us. Also, uh, Jackson Howe writes for us. So uh, it, we, have a fun, we have a fun group of writers and uh, – cover the teams and cover the games and spring football starting up and it's going to be early and you know everything's right now we're starting up right now basketball's in full swing i mean my goodness i feel bad for the team they're stuck in the airport right now right. i bet you they'd love to have a 9.99 lunch from uh fourth street. street yeah Just saying yeah any, I bet anytime you they would love it yeah anytime. anytime but especially right now stuck in the airport they're hoping to fly out, from what I understand, around three. So, okay, uh, prayers to them. Yeah, we only got about three and a half minutes left in this segment, but I want to ask you while we're on the subject of basketball. And again, be honest. If somebody would have told you that the Eagles would have been what thirteen and three or fourteen and three, fourteen and three, and three now, yeah. uh, after the win against Monroe, would you have ever thought, under any circumstances, with practically a brand new 
you know, menu, so to speak, of players that this Eagle team would be fourteen and three? Uh, no, and I'd ask you what type of <laughs> what type of stuff you're smoking and a lot of other different things. No, I think it's it's impre- impressive what they've done um, with what Jay Ladner was able to do, bringing in players, uh, bringing in a high say. Crowley, I don't think any or Crowley. I'm sorry, I don't think anybody would have thought that he would be as good as he is. But Elliot, but Ole Miss right now is probably kicking themselves. Yeah, yeah, because he's been outstanding on defensively, offensively, on assists, rebounds. It doesn't matter. He's been great. And I think uh, Pinkney got I, Player of the Week, did he not? He did back to back. Yes, so I, yeah. I do want to mention. I want to mention Pinkney. At 6'9", he is something that in the Sun Belt people are having a difficult time guarding. Hase's already controlling the middle. Uh, you know, he's Crowley. They're having to put their best defender on Crowley. Probably Pinkney's on the backside getting rebounds and getting to the basket and shooting a pretty good percentage from three. They're having problems in the Sun Belt guarding the six nine swing guy who can do everything. So he's just uh, really, really playing at a high level. Congratulations to him. He deserved Player of the Week. Heath, let me ask you this. Obviously, part of your job is kind of having a pulse on the fan base side of things because you run a fan site. And there's been this, you know, over the last four or five years, there's been sort of a lull between football and baseball. Southern Miss fans, you know, kind of just, okay, when is baseball coming? A little bit different this year. Are you surprised with the way that you've seen Reed Green start to fill up and I'm sure the boards start to be more active and things like that and this fan base be ignited the way that it has this year? Fascinating of, of our top ten uh, top ten threads on the board. Seven of them right now are basketball. And in the past, that would have never happened. In fact, when New Year's rolled around at football season, people already were going, all right, let's get ready for baseball. And now people are like, hold up, we, we got to wait for baseball because basketball is really cooking right now. And there is excitement. And Reed Green starting 3,500 people in Reed Green. You get the students back. You get the band back. Reed Green's a tough place to play when it's loud. Yeah, and look. It's obnoxiously loud. And whether they win or whether they lose, they're competing. Right. I mean, to be yeah. realistic and to just have a brain, as long as your team competes, you can't ever guarantee they're going to win every game or lose every game. You just want them to compete. Heath Hinton always joins us weekly on this program. Big Gold Nation is where you can subscribe either on a monthly basis or a yearly basis. You also see some of Ben's writings on Big Gold Nation. Heath, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Kelly, Ben, y'all have a blessed day, guys. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Heath. In our final segment, we'll take a look at the Massey baseball ratings that are out coming up into the season. The New Orleans Saints know who they'll play next year and where. We just don't know the dates and we'll tell you about some upcoming shows in our final segment of the Eagle Hour coming up in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. Headed down, headed down the home stretch on this Wednesday. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and DBAT training facilities. 
Right off of Interstate 59 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the place for your softball, baseball player, or your competitive cheerleaders, dancers to get in shape for the youngsters. Uh, whether it's rainy or cold, it's always a clean and great indoor environment at D1 and DBAT. They've got training facilities all over the country, so you know when you're dealing with national situations like that, that you're... Uh, that you're in for a good situation. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. Kelly Sander, Ben Milam, and Michael Mergens with you as we wind down on this Wednesday. Tomorrow's program, Eric Scott Jr. will be here, defensive back for Southern Miss, who is out in Phoenix getting to his training in for what's ahead of him. We'll talk with him tomorrow from Phoenix on the program. Friday, Matt Stoltz, the radio voice of Arkansas State, will be on the program to preview the Eagles game um, in Jonesboro on Saturday, should they get there. <laughs> on time for Saturday. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you'll have to rewind this on the podcast. The Eagles having some travel issues, no fault of their own. In the NFL, the New Orleans Saints have released their schedule, kind of, for next year. We won't know the dates yet. The NFL won't release those until sometime later this spring. But we do know that the Saints, besides their regular conference bad guys that they will have to play their division matchups their home games will feature the chicago bears the detroit lions from the nfc north the jaguars and titans from the afc south and then the new york giants from the nfc east those will be home games so if you're a season ticket holder you'll get to see the bears lions jaguars titans and giants against the saints their road games they will be at houston and indianapolis AFC South, good draw. Those two teams lousy this year. Uh, Minnesota in the NFC North, they'll have to go to Minneapolis. Not such a good draw. The Rams, terrible this year. Mm -hmm. The Saints will go to L.A., and then they will also go to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Pretty pretty favorable draw across the board, I, I think. I would think so, too. I think even, yeah. that, even that home portion, I think you feel pretty good about those matchups. Yeah, and if there's anything, of course, going on coaching-wise, player-wise, Patrick McGee will always keep us uh, up to date on that all right the massey ratings of baseball are out for the first time this year and we're going to get to the overall ratings in a moment but let's let's get to the 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 meat right here and talk about the Sun Belt. who would you guys guess michael and ben the number one team according mm-hmm. to the massey ratings without a game ever being played in 2023 <laughs> who would be projected by massey as number one i don't even want to answer because of that because they haven't played but how often? I, Michael's abstaining. I'm abstaining. <laughs> no, he's voting present. Okay. Yeah, present. Okay. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Oh, man, I didn't even hold up a cue card. And you, you, you just know, knew that answer. I get paid a lot of money to, to have answers like that. Not really. Well, I was going to say, if that's true, I want to know who. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Southern Miss, correct. The number one team in the Sun Belt, according to the Massey Ratings preseason. Followed by another team that played in regionals last year, Georgia Southern. Rodney Hennon, like Scott Berry, has been at the helm in Statesboro for a long time. Georgia Southern projected as the number two team in the Sun Belt. Number three team was a national champion, what, five or six years ago now. It seems like just yesterday. But Coastal Carolina comes in third. In the Massey ratings. Then fourth, a team that probably should have made it to regionals last year but did not, Old Dominion. Old Dominion, fourth. Then Louisiana, the Cajuns come in fifth. South Al, sixth. Troy, seventh is the way that – and I don't, I don't think that any of those are, are too necessary out of line. Don't you think those are, those are probably mm-hmm. pretty good numbers as to where you'd think going into the season? Yeah, and, and- – 
kind of to Michael's point, I, I mean, usually the preseason polls, you kind of just throw out the win, and they don't really mean much. But these these are based on some actual numbers, and there's actually some actual meat to it. So I right. think you can put a little stock in this, which I, I think is is why it's so impressive. And, you know, we've talked about, of course, over and over again, the value and the benefit for Southern Miss of moving into a new conference. But first year in the Sun Belt, I mean, there's seven top 100 teams there, four right. top 50, and, if, and two or three of those just outside the top 100. This is a strong baseball conference. Now, when you look at the overall ratings in the Masseys, they have the Tennessee Volunteers ranked as the number one team, again, without a pitch ever being thrown. All right. The number two team, Arkansas. Number three, the defending national champions from Ole Miss. Fourth, Texas A&M. Five, Vanderbilt. Noticing a trend. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Wait, I haven't noticed it yet. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Takes a few more. Six is Virginia Tech. How they got in there. Hmm. Oh, okay, that's thrown off. <laughs> I have no, no, no. Wait a minute, Michael. Seventh, Florida. Okay. Okay. Back. No. Eighth, Notre Dame. Yeah. Ninth, Auburn, 10th, LSU. Now, Michael, what hmm. is that thread that, that you might have uh, picked up hmm. on? What is the thread? Hmm. <laughs> Could it be SEC? Uh, I feel like the church lady. Yeah, I, thought, I expected uh, you to say... Could it be SEC? I, was, I, th- I expected you to say else? Satan. Yeah, I was right. thinking that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... They just won the national championship in football, that conference, and now, according to the Masseys... Eight of the top ten teams in baseball are there. we got a great show planned for you tomorrow. We're just going to leave it at that. Can't say anything nice. Don't say anything. Right. right? And uh, great shows planned for you tomorrow on Friday. But it's always better when you are with us. For producer-engineer Michael Mergens and Ben Milam, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.